The Greatest Lie About Work-Life Balance, The Personal Power Hour, Episode 3. We're told we can't have it all, that sacrifices have to be made, and that work is work. Whilst it is true that we may need to do things we don't enjoy in order to build for our future, we have been psychologically and emotionally programmed to believe that work and life are in constant competition. But what if that was simply not true? In this episode, we'll be breaking down the conflict between work and life and proposing a new approach that will benefit both. We'll be addressing the lie that has been pitting work and life against each other and how we're all losing that battle. What we can do to create the new paradigm understanding of work life, how we can break free of the old way of thinking, and what would happen if you were to apply this new approach to your own circumstances. Join me as we pull back the curtain to reveal the truth about work-life balance and how you can create the inner shift necessary to gain control over your own future. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operations to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine, or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or Follow the link in the episode description. Welcome to all of you here this evening. You're in the right place. If you are someone who's who wants to make a big impact with their life on the world around them and the greater world at large, you know, perhaps you're even a potential world changer. If you don't feel like you're there at the moment, you certainly have the desire to be. And you also want to leave behind you a good legacy for creating something positive and useful for humanity to carry on long after your time here has passed. So we are talking about personal power. And I just want to pre-frame that a little bit because personal power has in the past been something that's got a bad name. What we're actually talking about here is about becoming the most powerful version of you. The, The most effective, the most capable, the version who has the most amount of impact and the reason for that is because i want you to be able to do more with less effort and to use up less energy doing things that you need to do on your normal everyday life so that you've got more energy to do the really big things you know the the great big changes you you dream of creating in the world or the the various projects that you have that have been sitting in the background that you think to yourself oh one day i'd love to be able to do x y and z and I want to help you to actually be able to start doing those things now rather than waiting until you retire or some other point way into the future. So personal power is also about getting more bang for your buck, being able to achieve more with less effort. And it doesn't mean that the achievements are any less. In fact, sometimes they're even more powerful with more grace, with more ease and with less expenditure of energy. And ultimately, what we're looking to do is have you go out there and create real world action. And if you're already doing that, which many of you listening already are, then how about if you create even more impactful action? So the how we're going to go about getting that, that, that personal power is all based around having greater clarity, having a much stronger sense of direction and reducing the distractions, increasing the focus, reducing the amount of energy that's expended. So before I get too far into that, I just want to introduce you to what today's session is about. This is episode three of the Personal Power Hour, and I've titled this The Great Lie About Work-Life Balance, also known as How You Can Never Achieve Work-Life Balance. So for those of you who aren't familiar with me as yet, my name is Wai Chung. I'm the founder of transformyourworklife.com and I work with 
professionals who have outgrown their careers and have got to the point where they realize that they're going to need to find something with more, deeper meaning for themselves before it's too late. And what I do is I help them to uncover their purpose, to gather up all of their skills and their experiences so that they can move forward, creating a bigger difference for the rest of their working lives and beyond. Yeah. I'm also the creator of a system that I call the Reaction Code, which I will be drip feeding in all through these sessions as well. And you'll notice that towards the, the latter part of the session when I'm giving you some of the exercises. And at some point, I'll probably do one just specifically on the Reaction Code. But for the moment, let's just keep it to exercises that I'm asking you to do without us having to think too much about where it comes from, what it does. My primary goal here is that you have tools that you can just pick up and use without necessarily be having to become masters of how they work, where they come from, and understanding it all. Just like you, you get in your car, you pop the key in, you press the button, you drive. You're not a master mechanic necessarily. You don't need to know the firing cycle of the engine. You don't need to know how many kilowatts of electric power is going through to each wheel at any particular moment in time. You don't care. You just want to get in the thing and drive. And that's what I want to, uh, that's what I've created this podcast to do as well, to try and give you the benefit of the experience that I've had of the, the 15 plus years that I had in leadership work in corporate and the 10, plus, 10, well, more than 10 years now of transformational coaching that I've been doing working with groups and one-on-one -on -one clients. And what I want to give you here is some, hopefully some guidance. Now, maybe some reminders, because I'm sure many of you out there have already forgotten much more than I'll ever learn. So I'm not going to stand here and, think, and act like I know everything. But having said that, you know, I have seen quite a lot of people in, quite a lot of people who've been able to, even if they're already creating an impact, to be able to create an even greater impact. Yeah. So again, as I mentioned before, what I want for you is to have clear, actionable tasks and to keep all of this as practical as possible because it's very easy to, to go diving off into the weeds and do a lot of thinking, come up with lots more philosophy and more psychological tricks and understandings and so on. But it has to translate into something that you'll see in the real world. And that's my personal preference, because as far as I'm concerned, you know, we could be meditating for 20 years up on top of a mountain. But until we actually come down to the ground level where everyone else lives and bring that knowledge down here, then it's not a heck of a lot of use up there. In fact, I even have a friend who literally was a monk and did exactly that. He did 23 years meditating up in the, high up in the mountain and eventually came down and he's, he's now an amazing coach. But the, he's definitely one to attest to the major difference it makes when you bring all of that wisdom down here to the ground and have it applied in a practical way for, for the good of everyone around you. So that's a really big thing for me. The structure of the Personal Power Hour is there's really two main areas for this in order to help you increase the amount of personal power that you have. The first area is all geared around your purpose and your alignment whether it's internal alignment between head and heart or external alignment about your goals, your outcomes, and who you are, how, where you fit in the world. The other aspect is about personal effectiveness. That's about increasing your energy by reducing the things that drain your energy, increasing focus by reducing the things that distract you, and then maintaining that moment, both of which... If, you know, we're res resolving issues on both those areas, the alignment and purpose and the personal effectiveness. That is then going to result in greater inspiration, greater creativity, new perspectives, and therefore leading to greater action. With the main over overlying theme about this, about practicality, awareness, and resonance. So that's just introducing for those who haven't been here previously that's what the personal power hour is all about. And last time we talked about how to align with your true purpose. Session one, we talked about the importance of personal power. Today, we're talking about the work-life balance. And next session, we're, talking, we're going to be looking at how to end overwhelm. Now, 
From that, we're going to move into transforming emotional intelligence into emotional mastery, tapping to the power of your emotions, and it definitely isn't what you think it is, and converting energy drainers into energy gainers. Sorry about the pun there. Generating movement and maintaining your momentum, how to tap into and use your deep inner confidence, head and heart alignment for incredible creativity, head and heart alignment for inspired action, resonating fully with your environment so you can thrive in any situation, and understanding what you truly want at a deep level. So those are the things that we've got to look forward to coming up in the sessions. And today, as mentioned before, we're talking about work-life balance. Now, I just want to start with very briefly what we mean by work-life balance. Now, often we hear this about work-life balance, about having to make sure that you make enough time for your personal life and alongside your work life. You know, I, I understand this. I've got two young children and my partner and I run my own business. She, she works from home as well. So as you can imagine, work-life balance can be quite interesting, especially when we're both working from home. And that wasn't just pandemic. This is just how we generally operate anyway. But the whole issue about work-life balance. Now, if you just picture this for a moment, picture a set of scales and you're dropping on the scales. One side is work and the other side is life, which is basically anything that's not work. We're just looking at balancing those two together. Now, the problem is whenever you're balancing something, you're balancing something against the other. What we've actually got here is we've actually created a work versus life. Now, there's lots of reasons underneath that, and perhaps maybe some of it comes from the fact that many of us are doing work that we don't feel resonant with, that we don't actually care for, that we're just doing it to, in order to pay the bills, in order to be able to cover the mortgage, or because we've lucked into the career and we feel like that's the way we should carry on going. And I certainly understand that. I lucked into a corporate career and spent 15 years there, of which I believe I might have spent three years too long. But the, the thing is, many of us are doing work that feels like it's something we have to do rather than something we want to do. So what we then do instead is because if we're going to work for something we have to do, we end up trying to keep a lot of that stuff away. Because if you're doing something you have to do, you're not necessarily going to be at your best when you're doing it. You're not going to feel at your best, or you sometimes have to separate who you are at work and who you are at home because the things that you do at work, you don't like that so much. You don't want to bring that stuff home. And equally from the other side, you don't want to bring problems that you've got in your personal life into the office or into your business. So what we've actually done is setting up that, that work-life balance. We've ended up talking about work versus life. We're pitting the two against each other, and they're always being weighed against each other. So that's already a problem in the first place. But we'll come back to that one in a little bit. The other issue about getting a work-life balance, it's assumed that we want to have them fairly even, or at least have them feel even. But you'll have times in your life when maybe it's birth of a new child. So that's going to change the balance. So you're, or you're going to have a big major project or a piece of work that you're actually working on and, and the deadlines are coming up. So it's always going to shift and move all the time. So if you're then at the same time trying to find that balance, and I, I know not all of us are going to be consciously, physically trying to find this much work weighs 15 pounds. I've got to make sure I weigh up another 15 pounds on this side of other fun stuff that I want to do. There may be some of you who are extremely organized who might actually do that, but unfortunately, that's not me. So we don't literally weigh it up like that. Most of the time, work-life balance is a, you can feel whether you've actually got, or you feel like you have got too much work. You're working too much, too many hours, or you're not getting enough. There's, there's whole questions about qualitative elements in there as well, about is an hour with your family worth the same as an hour in work, or is it actually worth five hours of work? Yeah. So there's lots of variations to each individual. But, what it, but the big problem is, right from the get-go, when we're talking about work-life balance, and ultimately work versus life, we're setting up a conflict already. 
an inner conflict that if I'm at home, I don't want to be thinking work. If I'm at work, I don't want to be thinking home. And you're trying to keep those parts of yourself separate. And what that ends up doing, it ends up reducing your energy inside because you're actually literally pulling and pushing against yourself inside. And that reduces the amount of progress you can make, reduces the amount of power that you actually have. And I'll come back to that one a little bit later on as well. But the, the issue with put, pitting two things against each other in this sort of way, it creates a dualistic setup where a du duality for those who aren't familiar with that terminology or maybe have a different understanding of it is where you have right, wrong, left, black, white, good, bad good, evil, that kind of thing. There's a, a healing disease. Uh, two, two, uh, they're two sides of the same coin, but they're constantly pitting against each other and the pendulum swings from one side to the other. You know, at one point you'll have uh, uh, things that are great, great, good, really good, really good, really good. And then it swings all the way back down, back across the bat. Whenever we're working in that sense of duality and it's the same with work and life. At one point, we'll have loads and loads of this, and then it'll swing across loads and loads of that, and it's all that swing. And what I'm proposing here would be more ideal is that balance isn't about keeping the two even, but it's actually having that pendulum sitting just at the bottom with minimal movements. So you choose where you want the movement to go. And the way in which we can actually do that is by changing the whole concept from work-life balance into work-life alignment. And now many of you may already be familiar with this, so please bear with me if you are, but it is actually a, a conceptual and in some cases maybe even a paradigm shift when we're talking about getting your work and life to be together rather than keeping them apart. I grew up, I'm a child of the 70s, so I'm quite familiar with the concepts of working in something that you don't want to be working in so that you eventually get your retire, get your pension, then you can go do something you really want to do. It's a little bit different nowadays. I know that the millennials and uh, people of this genera current generation now have a much stronger sense of wanting to move towards something that makes them feel connected inside makes them feel happy, makes them feel like there's more purpose. And I think they've got it right. I think this, and this is the ongoing development over time as we've, we've you know, all of us together in society looked at uh, what's work, what's life and what we really want. And hence why we, we have a rich women's society, hence why we have lots of these other organizations and communities where there's a lot of talk about doing things that are purposeful, doing things that are in alignment because I think that's now the new currency for what's really important. It's not just about the money or the status or the fame or, or those kind of things. You know, I like to think that's the direction we're moving in and it's a positive direction. It makes a lot more sense because when we have alignment with the work that we do and the life that we lead, what happens then is Ideally, we want to get it to the point where there's almost like no difference. I know that might sound scary for some people right now who are thinking, I don't want to be in work 24-7 or I don't want to bring my personal life into work. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about me dragging both my kids in with me to a client meeting. It's not quite like that. We're talking about it right now at a more, at a more conceptual than leading to subconscious and then leading to emotional, leading to reactionary sort of levels. We will take it baby steps. We're not going to go crazy here. But the first thing that's really important about creating that work-life alignment is to be really clear on your personal values. Now, if, uh, for those of you who, didn't, who weren't here for last week's session, which how to align with your true purpose, then I would recommend that you go back and have a listen to that. So we've got those podcasts published. But the main thing about the personal values is understanding what it is you want and why you want to do it. The why you want is possibly even more important than what you want to do. One of the ways which, uh, as again, as I described in session two, one of the best ways of doing that is to look at things that you love doing 
look at things you want to be doing and then ask yourself underneath why do i want that what's in it for me what do i get out of this and we are talking your personal values we're not talking societal values we're not talking uh, things for other people we're not talking about you thinking to yourself oh i want to help uh, i want to help uh, women professionals between the age of uh, uh, 30 and 45 why because they need the help why because uh, because they are our future uh, and uh, the next generation and so on. No, we're not talking about them. Personal values, we're talking about you. You want to help those, those women professionals between 30 to 45? Why? What's in it for you? What do you get? And then when you get that answer, you go down another few more levels. This is something that one of my coaches called the five whys. And we're not talking me, we're talking whys as in question marks. There's five whys. So you ask again, once you've got that answer, why do you want to help those women professionals? Because, uh, you know, uh, uh, because when I'm helping them, I feel like I'm alive. Okay. Why? What do you get from that? What's important about that? And then go down another level, go down another one, go down another one, go down another one, dig deep. Because this is important now to find your true personal values, not just what you think you should want or what other people want you to want. This is really important. This is in order to create that alignment. You cannot go with the concept of, oh, I should go to university. I should get a job in a nice bank. And if I got the job in the bank, I can then uh, work my way up the ladder and then get my retirement. No, that's not your dream. I mean, for a few of you, maybe it is your dream. But for most people, that isn't. That's just something that we've been told we should want for. Because that's what society values. And that's what other people have told us you want to become. Maybe a teacher told you that once. Maybe, uh, maybe somebody you ran into in the streets. Maybe you read it somewhere. You saw it in a newspaper that it said, hey, every, every single woman should become prime minister or everything, all that kind of stuff. It's very important to ensure that the things that you are moving towards, the things that you're expending your energy on, the things that you're actually putting your time into are really things that you want. The, the true you, the, the one that's inside that when you've got that thing will light up inside and go, yes, that is exactly what I'm after. Well done, conscious mind. You understood me. You got me. Not you get to the end. You got the thing. You got the job. You're now the CEO. And you're thinking, I don't think I wanted to be here. I'm not sure I ever wanted to get to this place. And now that I'm here, I, I thought I always wanted to get to this place. But now that I'm here, it doesn't feel right. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I, again, from my own experience, that's what I saw. I was, I was lucky enough as in a large uh, corporate company, a global communications company, doing some of the best work that I've done in my life and helping to improve the energy usage on the planet and saving millions of pounds a year for the company, all those kind of great things. But it's at the point where, uh, when I was there thinking, I don't actually want to do this isn't me. This isn't what's actually going on inside. And you can feel it, by the way. If you are currently in corporate work, my apologies for you. If you're kind of, I'm joking. I'm joking. There's plenty of really useful things going on in corporate. I'm not one of these people just going to bash corporate for no reason. And in fact, the company that I worked for, there aren't enough good things I can say about them. And they treated me really well. They were amazing. They gave all the opportunities, anything I wanted for, as long as I could prove a business case, I could have it and so on and so forth. So yeah, I'm just joking. But there's those of you who might well still be right now thinking, yay, I've got to this point in my career. But now what? You know, if I just move, uh, okay, so I've got this job, I'm getting a bit bored of this now. If I move from this into another similar role somewhere else, it's just more of the same. Or if I just step up another level, then I'll just be doing more of the same, but with more people. When you get that thing going on, that's when you know what you're actually doing, your work is not connecting with your personal values. So therefore, it is going to be nigh on impossible to get that work-life alignment. Now, I'm not saying that you'll never get there. I'm just saying at this particular point, if that's how you're feeling, then there needs to be a shift. There needs to be some change going on there because that's actually your heart speaking. That's nobody else. That's not me telling you, you shouldn't be doing that job. It's not me telling you that, oh, what you're doing doesn't resonate with you anymore. You don't feel it. You, it doesn't light you up anymore. That's your heart 
telling you that. And it's definitely worth listening before it has to do anything more drastic to stop you. But anyway, I'm digressing a little bit here. So creating the work-life alignment. This first element is personal values. And again, episode two, if you want some more details around that. Third, the second part is being really clear on the value that you provide. Now, take what I just said about the personal values. When you say, I want to do this because it gives me X. Now, what does X give me? It gives me Y. What does Y give me? It gives me Z. In this sense, when you're looking at the value that you provide, have a think about something that you do that others benefit from. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. And then ask yourself, what do they get out of that thing you've just given them? And then what did they get out of that? And what did they get out of that? And what did they get out of that? And then you'll be getting closer to the real impact, the real value you actually have in the world. And I'll, I'm willing to bet for majority of the people listening to this right now, you probably only know about 25% of the effect that you really have on the world around you and on every single person that you connect with, every single people, every single person you influence or that you have an impact or effect on. But what you do is when you step that out, what you'll begin to see is that what you're actually doing, putting out into the world is a lot bigger than you thought it was. In some ways, I mean, okay, I'll give you a good example of this. There was um, a client of mine who works as a... HR director in one of the major banks. And she was getting really wound up about this report that she had to create for her boss every Friday evening. It was just an Excel sheet, a report on what's been going on in the past week. Now, at the time when we were talking about that, she felt like it was a waste of time. She didn't understand why she had to do it. She didn't see the point. She thought it was just like a, a box ticking exercise which to a lot of people that might be what it looks like. But when we did this, when we walked right into this, okay, so what does her boss get from having the report? She gets an overview of what's been going on in the past week. And what does she get from that? She now gets uh, more up-to-date information. Okay, what does that, okay, great, big deal. So what does that give her? That gives her the ability to make better decisions. Ooh, okay, so if she makes better decisions, what then happens? That means that the, the department is going to be able to, achieve more. Okay, so what does that mean? That means if it achieves more, it's going to be more successful and there's going to be more work for everyone and you're going to lead into greater, bigger changes. It, it, it kept on, we kept on following that line and it essentially came out to something that was quite large and we weren't making any of it up. We were just following the logical path. What happens when they get that? What happens when they get A? Then with A, what do they get? They get B. Then with B, what do they get? They get C. They get, and you follow it out. And pretty soon, she started realizing that actually, even though that report wasn't, wasn't that big a deal to her, looking at it, the actual impact that it has is going to be worthwhile. I'm not saying this is going to be the same with every single Excel spreadsheet you're told to produce for your boss or every single Excel spreadsheet that you need to produce. The point is, by walking through that, she then came to, my client, came to realize that it was actually, she was providing more value in that than she thought she was. And as a result, she ended up putting better, more information into the report. She felt okay doing that report. She didn't spend half the week wound up about the fact she had to do that report. So all the time that she spent gnashing her teeth and growling and, and, and being uh, peed off and frustrated about it, she saved herself all of that. The report takes five minutes. Boom, done, gone. And that's the difference. Where it, and, and what happened was she, just from that and from other work that we did as well, she grew to hate that job less. She still left it. She's now doing something she really wants. But, but the point was that by doing things like this, she brought more alignment into her personal values and what she was doing. So it reduced the amount of energy she spent fighting against herself to give herself room and space to go looking for the things she really wants to do, which she is now doing. So this isn't even about trying to trick yourself into liking your job. All this is about reducing the amount of friction, the amount of inner conflict that you create within yourself when it comes to work, uh, yeah, it comes to work in your life. So th those are the first couple of parts there. And the, the third part is about creating that work-life alignment. It's about, you know, if you imagined you were actually doing something you really loved, truly, in fact, I know some of you are, 
you know, doing something you truly love, work and life mixed together. You know, your, your friends are people who you work with. They're people, I, this sounds crazy a little sometimes. Uh, I know I sometimes get accused of not spending enough time with my friends. What, you mean the friends that I had at school? The friends that I grew, grew up with when we were running around the block together? Or ones I knew from secondary? Yeah, that's fine. Maybe I have got some connection with them. But actually, they're not the people I spend time with. This sounds, from one side, it sounds a little bit sad, but from my side of things, the way I'm looking at it, a lot of the people I spend time with who are, are my friends are people I work with, whether it's it on a startup project like chaser.com that I'm working on at the moment, or whether it's doing this right now, or whether it's working with my clients. It act, the interactions I have are perhaps in a lot of ways even deeper and have more connection than I would have with friends from way back at school. You know, they are friends because I've known them for a long time. People I have around me who, who I work with, who I spend more time with, they are friends because we share common dreams, common goals, common desires. We're working towards the same things. It has got to the point where work and life almost intermingle. I'm sure my 14-year-old son would uh, reply quite well to that about every time he gets a an emotional reaction and I'm jumping right on it going, hey son, this is what you could do with that. So <laughs> maybe there are times where we don't always want to carry our, our work into uh, our lives. But you know, what I'm saying is the, the more we align with our personal values, the more we're clear on the value that we provide, the greater alignment we'll create and the more that work and life will start, start merging together. The, the reason why we didn't have them merged together, why we're keeping them apart is because we were doing something we didn't want to do. And we were fighting against that. We don't want that thing that we don't want to do to leak into our personal life. And we're trying to protect our personal life from this horrible thing we have to do on, on the whole. Um, hoping that makes sense. If, if any of this doesn't make sense, please do get in touch with me and let me know or tell me about something I've completely missed. Because as I said, I'm under no illusion that I know everything about this topic. I just want to bring some ideas and concepts to light in the hope to hope of helping to spark something within yourself. A slight attitude change would be really useful in this. And that's changing it to and instead of or. It's not work or life, it's more work and life. And by that, I mean about finding the commonality instead of division, instead of trying to separate out your work and your life. Look at place, things whereby you've got similar things going on. Like for instance, when I used to work as a project manager, you have various tools, you have various things that you can use for managing a project. I actually brought some of that into our holiday planning, how we work out which hotel we go to and uh, all those kind of things and which bit has a dependency and which bit and which bit leads to that and so on. Now, on one hand, that sounds crazy for people to say, no, you want to keep your work out of your life. But actually, that was some of those tools were really useful. They're really good. So I didn't stop myself bringing those things home and applying them and using them on life things. Equally in life, if you are absolutely incredible and amazing at stopping your squabbling kids from murdering each other, figuratively speaking, and you're great at keeping the peace or great at finding a win-win situation for all arguments in your family, why would you not bring that into work? If you plan and execute the greatest kids parties, legendary birthday parties that all the kids in, in your child's year are talking about all the time. They're looking forward to it the next year every time because you, you create such a well-oiled machine and it's so entertaining and it's so fun and everyone has a great time and so on. Why would you not take that and bring that into your business, into your work? and create meetings like that. There's lots of overlaps and areas that the, the moment we start breaking down that, that divide where it's work versus life in order to balance that, you'll probably find that there's really useful things that you can bring forth from both sides into the other. I look to bring, is there an exercise in this? There probably is. Have a think about this. I'm not going to give this to you as a formal action or a formal takeaway, but look at really good things that you enjoy in your work, and really good things that you enjoy in your outside of work time. And also look at the things that you're good at in both areas. And when you take away that divide between work and life, look at where there's synergies and look at where you can actually reuse some of those skills and some of those abilities. This is also a good way to help speed up that process of understanding what your true purpose is, because you will soon start to find the things that really jar. That don't fit, that never will fit. 
versus some of the things that do fit. And that, that alone is going to reduce some of the confusion out of uh, what is it I want to do? What is it I really, I'm really here for in the world? Because you always know what those things are because those are the things that light you up. Those are the things that make you do a mini fist pump. Yes, that was great. That was really good. Anytime that happens, anytime you feel something light up inside you, that feels like you're in the zone, that you're in the perfect space, that you're a passenger and there's an amazing ride and you don't have to do anything and it's all just working perfectly. That's your true purpose, your inner self speaking. Find place, uh, find examples where you get that at work. Find examples, it doesn't matter how big or small. Don't just look at the big things, look at some of the small things. Maybe sometimes you get that when you have a conversation, have a joke at the water cooler with your best pal in the office. That means something. That's your heart telling you, this is important, this is really great this is something that really lights you up pay attention to that notice that going on and if you're going to make a list of it list it write it down because it may well give more clues as to what is really important for you in your life i'm just going to move away from that a little bit and i'm going to talk about an internal shift remember i was talking about the the two prongs of attacking this particular problem one was about purpose and alignment which we've looked at and the other is about your your personal effectiveness that's what we're moving to right now so the personal effectiveness part about creating an internal shift and breaking down the belief that work and life have to be separate and that they can't come together. Or if they do come together, something awful and horrible is going to happen. Okay? Now, don't worry if we're about to do an exercise, by the way, just warning you ahead of time now. But don't worry if you're thinking that, oh, no, but I don't want to break down that wall. I don't want to break down that, that separation between work and life. Trust yourself. Know that you are a sensible human being and that you will be able to discern the difference between when you let something in and when you don't let something in. All we're actually doing is we're actually breaking down, we're going to be breaking down a belief pattern that says that these things must always be separate. And that's like a, a belief that's constantly around us. Work and life must be separate. Even if we don't practice it all the time, that belief is still running inside and we're still having to fight with it. If you do this exercise, what will happen is at the very least, you will reduce some of your energy expenditure that you have in trying to fight this whole work-life battle, which means that you will have more energy and more capacity and more, capa more capability to move towards your proper full purpose and, and take more effective action. That's it. If you just look at it from that point of view, all we're doing now is we're just going to save you a little bit of energy. I never left that corporate job. I'm still here doing energy saving. Anyway, so internal shift. So what I'd like you to do is think about that conflict between work and life. Think about it for your own life. Don't think about it generally for everybody else. This is you we're talking about here. So think about how it's really difficult to balance how much time you spend at work, how much time you spend at home. No, think about how maybe you know, if you have children, maybe you're worried about the kids growing up and you're not spending enough time with them. Or if you don't have children, think about maybe you're thinking of having a family. Think, you know, how am I going to stop this 100 mile an hour job? Or what am, I what am I going to have to give up in order to start a family? If that's what, this is all the thoughts for yourself where you have to, Think about work versus life. And by the way, I'm asking you here to think about the negative things on purpose. Think about the negative feelings that you have, uh, the negative thoughts about work versus life and not being able to find a good balance between work and life. And now notice how you're feeling it and notice where you're feeling it. Please don't get into the analysis of what's going on in your head, of all the things that you're thinking of right now. That's still going on. Allow that to carry you on going, but we're more interested and focused on where you can feel this. And what will tend to happen with this particular pattern is you will feel pressure. You will feel something in a wider area of your body, where, whether it's across your chest, whether it's you know, across the shoulders, around your neck, around your head, in your gut, or just a general feeling that's of unease all around you. And what I'd like you to do is just pretend for a moment that there's a big bubble around you. And this bubble, this field, it acts like 
like a force field, like something that surrounds you all around. This may not actually be true, but what we're doing is this is how the body tends to be able to process or express these sort of things. So just run with it for the moment. So imagine you've got a big bubble around you that's putting pressure across all of your body, through every part of you. And it just so happens a certain part of your body notices it or feels it more than the rest. And that's where you're going to start from. Start from there and then pick a direction. For the moment, I recommend just forwards and 15 degrees up. Why? I don't know. That just seems like a direction. This thing's all around you in all directions. So it doesn't matter which direction you pick. But if, if you go forward, 15 degrees up, reach out with your awareness and keep going. Even if you reach out with your arm and you reach the end of your arm, keep reaching further out as if you have an etherical arm or your awareness goes on beyond your arm and reach right the way out until you feel you've reached the inside edge of this bubble. There's no set specific size. Yours could be three feet away. It could be a mile away. It could be on the other side of the galaxy. It doesn't matter because we're just playing in awareness, which is where beliefs live, by the way. So, so reach out until you get to the inside edge of that field or and reach out until you feel like this is stupid. I don't need to reach out any further. I guess that must be about it. That'll do. Trust that that's a, a signal from your awareness saying that's it. You've got there. It's just your conscious mind and it adds a few more words around it. So reach. Yeah, that's about it. About there. So from that point, notice that on the other side of that space, you've got a great big open expanse. Allow yourself out into that open expanse and then turn your attention around, turn your attention back and notice this bubble, this field from the outside. Now, allow your imagination to just go with this, to just show you what it is. Don't try and make it up yourself. And if you're not that visual or you don't, you're not visualizing at the moment, that's fine. Just allow yourself just to get a feel for what, it is, what it's like, or just uh, even if it's just a knowingness. Notice how big that field is. And notice if there's any sort of color or texture or sound or feel or anything you can notice about the surface of that field. And then as you do that, just allow yourself to start moving further away from that field. Further out into that expansive space. Which for those of you worried about leaving your body or whatever else, we're actually moving further into your greater awareness. So that expansive space is actually you. It's the more pure you than the you who didn't leave it first. You know, it's, anyway, yeah, that's, you're, going back in, you're going back to yourself here. Keep going further and further out. And if you do notice any connection, anything pulling you back, just gently untie it. Nothing drastic, no cutting, no burning, no slicing or anything. Like that. Just gently untie whatever connection it is and just allow that to drift off into space as you go further and further away, out into that expansive space. And then just like in Star Trek, imagine yourself teleporting your way out if there are any additional layers. Like sometimes you get it like a, a Russian doll. You've got the Matroska doll. You've got one layer, then another one, and another one, and another one. Just tell your awareness to teleport you out to the edge of the last one so you get out into an infinite space. And then from that infinite space, just come back and think about what we started with, the, the negative thoughts and negative feelings you have about work versus life, or how you're having difficulty finding balance, or how you're worried that if you don't find the balance, horrible things will happen. And just notice how you feel about that. Most of the time, what will happen is the intensity of the feeling. Sometimes you might even struggle to actually find the reaction anymore because it's done, it's gone. Other times you might find something else come up. And if that happens, you just repeat, rinse and repeat. Do the same thing again and again until you struggle to find a reaction, struggle to find a pattern. And what that will do for you is that will reduce the amount of energy you've been spending suppressing, fighting with, and running away from 
these beliefs, these reactions. And this is part of that system I was speaking about earlier on called the reaction code. But once again, we'll cover that in more depth, maybe at another time. If you are watching your time as well, I would bookmark or note down the time for this session because this exercise we've just done here may well be one of the most important thing that if you pick this up and run with could actually make a huge difference for you. This is, this is part of the suite of tools that I use with my one-to-one -one executive clients. And I am watching massive shifts all the time. Two sessions in with my latest client who I met, thanks to Rich Woman Magazine, the latest client. And the client started off at the beginning with saying that she really struggled with finding direction, had too many options of what she could do. Two sessions later, doing this kind of work and not even a huge amount of it. This Earlier on this week, I spoke with her and she said, I can't believe it. I know exactly what I need to do now. And I've already started doing it. And we've only just begun her work. We've, we're probably about 10% in to her program right now. And already that's happening. So I've, I can't wait to see what's going to come out at the end of this. But what I'm saying is it's possible. You could actually accidentally transform a massive limiting pattern that you might have had without even going into the understanding, without all of the analysis and things like that that you may well have been doing with this in the past. Because those limiting patterns, those reaction patterns, the emotional overwhelm, all that stuff doesn't just live in the mind. The mind can understand where it comes from, but it doesn't matter how much you understand it, it can still keep. What we're doing here is we're actually working on it and speaking the same language as those patterns. We're actually using the same system that created that pattern in the first place for your protection to now complete it, to disassemble it, but not in a way that we're looking at defeating an enemy. It isn't. This is something that was designed to protect you. And as I said, I wasn't going to go too far into reaction code. I'm doing it now. So <laughs> I'll, I'll stop there for now for that. But just bookmark this particular moment, uh, particular time in the session, which was, I think, 45 minutes in between 45 and 50 minutes and come back and redo that exercise. That, that could really be absolutely pivotal in your journey towards finding more purpose, getting more personal power to be able to do. We need to come to the end of our time now. So action time. Yes, that's right. I still had you doing stuff just now and that wasn't enough. There's more action I want from you. <laughs> what I'd like you to do is look at what you enjoy and what you're good at in both work and life. Look at what you get out of those things and see how there might actually be a, there might actually be more synergy and a closer connection than you think. It's just you were previously running with the belief that work and life can't mix, or if they mix, then they have to be carefully guarded or horrible things will happen. The second piece I'd like you to do between now and next time is notice where you feel that conflict between work and life. It doesn't matter which side it is that has more weighting. Anytime you feel like I haven't got that balance, I'm not getting that balance, maybe I'll never get that balance. Notice where you feel it and then just take yourself outside of that field that 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 belief is created. There's like a field that's around you that's say pink in color. And every time you look out of, into the world from inside that field, everything's tinged pink. Everything's tinged with, I can't have it all. Everything's tinged with work and life must remain separate. Everything's tinged with, if I bring work back home, then I'm going to lose some of my personal time. If I bring my personal life into work, I'll be unprofessional. All those kinds of beliefs. That's what you're really working on. And it doesn't mean that you're then going to be a fool about it. What it means is you will then have more, more power in making a decision on what you want to be doing going forward. And you'll reduce the amount of energy you're using fighting against your own inner self. If you do have any questions, any feedback, anything that you want to ask of me or you want to tell me about in terms of your experience of doing the things I've asked of you during this session or any feedback of how you're finding these sessions, then please do contact me. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and that's under transform your work on both Instagram and LinkedIn. And my email is info at transformyourworklife.com. And also contact me if you want to discuss a more specific sort of personalized assessment of where you are at the moment in terms of how you are with regard to your personal effectiveness and your alignment with your purpose. But that's something that I want as many people as possible to be moving in the right direction for, because whenever we're not working towards our purpose, whenever we feel like we're not the most effective person that we can be at that time, it creates a lot of frustration, creates a lot of negativity, it creates a lot of bad feeling. And if we're in that space for too long, we then end up putting that out to all the people around us. However, the opposite is also true. 
if we are on purpose, if we are feeling great about ourselves, if we are happy with what we're doing in our lives, we will then put out a lot of that positive feeling, a lot of appreciation, a lot of gratitude, a lot of uh, useful energy, if you want to call it that, around to all the people around us. And that will set that same snowball effect. This whole work-life thing is much bigger than just your job and just your work. It is really about purpose. It's why you're here. And the more, the closer you are to being in in alignment and with, in resonance with that, the better your own life will be and so too the lives of all those around you. And of course, the lives of the people you'll be affecting. As I said, let me know if you'd like to discuss that. There is a session that I do where I offer it free to people who have heard me talk about these things, like for instance, on this podcast, whereby you know, just purely that may well help you on your way. I had one gentleman who four weeks ago we'd met at a dinner in London. We just had one of those sessions where we just explored what he really wants to do, what's in his way, what's stopping him at the moment. And then I gave him my assessment from what we spoke about and I sent him away. said, we'll speak again in two weeks time to see where you are, to see whether you need help or you don't. And two weeks later, he's come back. He's he's not down and depressed about it anymore. He's, he's feeling energized. He's already made moves. He's already made more connections. He's got two more corporate clients towards the work that he wants to do to bring more morals and principles into modern day business. So he's rolling. He's, got, he's on his way. And I could not be happier for him. And this is what I want for you as well. And if you're already feeling like you're moving in that direction, then I can guarantee you, you can probably move even faster. And that's not by working harder. It's by being more effective with your expenditure of energy. Next time then is the next session for the Personal Power Hour, episode three, next Thursday. It's about how to end overwhelm, how to stop those overwhelming feelings, overwhelming reactions from taking your energy away, from running you down, from slowing you down, how to tackle potential overwhelming situations before you even get there and how to tackle overwhelming situations after the thing is over. Because I can tell you this for nothing, trying to deal with an overwhelming situation when you're in the middle of it requires a lot. You need to be very well versed in the game to be able to do that. And I'm an in the game specialist. So I know about that. And even I don't always try and tackle the things from being in, from being inside the whirlwind when it's going on. That's not the best time for it. You know, what I want to show you is effective ways of getting ahead of that overwhelm or dealing with an overwhelm long after it's actually happened, but it still sits inside you waiting to pounce on you just at the right time for the overwhelm, wrong time for you. That's what we'll be talking about next week. Next session is how to end overwhelm. And with that, I'm going to end for tonight's session. So thank you so much for listening. I know it's been quite a while now. I've been solidly talking for almost an hour. So I hope you've been picking up some useful things out of this. Start opening up and shifting some of those attitudes and beliefs. And I will speak to you again next time.